rest of you, turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. Russell, you may just have to blank the screen out because it doesn't look like that's going to work. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. We have all been celebrating Christmas. I heard some people say they've been doing it all week, others all month, others a day or two. Clint, I'm going to say some things before we read. I'm sorry, but I appreciate you taking Preston's place and uh, getting up early. That's what he's about, and we want to do that. But I want to say this about uh, the story that we're going to read. It's the only account in the Bible that we have of the growing up of Jesus. You know, with all of the books that were written prior to his coming, which we have here in the Bible, and then all the books written after he was here and after he ascended back to heaven, you would think there would be a little bit more information about his childhood years, but there are none to speak of. There's nothing to teach us, nothing to tell us, nothing to show us about this young man, this boy, as he grew up in his father and mother's home, except this one story that we're going to read today. And lo and behold, in the story we're going to read, Jesus can't be found. And that's kind of my point this morning, is that uh, sometimes we lose Jesus in the mix and you think, well, I, I celebrate Christmas, and that's what it's about, is Jesus. But if you're tired today from all of the hustle and bustle, then you are celebrating other things besides Jesus. If you're worn out from Christmas, then you're celebrating other things besides Jesus. You might be celebrating family. You might be celebrating food and candy and cakes and all of those things, and you think that might be a part of the Christmas celebration, but Christmas, at least according to the Bible and Bart's song, is not to be a time where we're worn out and exhausted and we're glad it's over. Amen? It's a time that we celebrate the coming of our Savior. And we should do that all the time, but don't be worn out about it. Don't be tired about it. Don't be exhausted and glad it's over. Amen? And if that's the case, then you've missed Jesus too. You've misplaced Him. You've lost Him somewhere in the mix. So let's stand and read our little story today about losing Jesus and then finding Him again. And we find that in Luke chapter 2, in verse 39. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. And the child, capital C, we know who that is, and the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And his parents used to go to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. 
Let's stop there and pray. Lord, we pray that you help us not to lose you in the midst of all this religious activity that we call Christmas. And I pray, Father, that you bless every heart here this morning with your purpose and your love and grace and wisdom, forgiveness. Everything you are, Lord, pour it out in this building today. Pour it upon the hearts of your people today in this room. And Father, let us never lose sight of Jesus again. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's not a really hard thing to do to lose Jesus in the middle of Christmas. Some of you won't realize you've left him or lost him until all the dust settles even from next week. We still have another holiday to go through, right? If you're worn out today, you really be worn out. New Year's, especially if you try to celebrate it correctly by staying up until the new year strikes in. And so we sometimes forget that we've lost or misplaced Jesus. And I want you to know something. He hasn't lost you. He's still your savior. He's still your friend. He's still your brother. He's still your king. But how is it that you've misplaced him? How have you lost him? How have you let him go in all of this celebration of his birthday? How have you neglected the one we were celebrating? How have you misplaced Jesus in your life? Don't worry about it. You're not alone. There's hundreds of people who have done just the same thing. We all misplace him at one time or another. How does this happen? How do we misplace the one that we're celebrating his birth? Well, the text tells us a couple of things here, and let's dig in and look at those. Look in verse 41. And his parents used to go to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. You know, that's the only place in the New Testament you'll find the phrase, every year. What it tells me about Mary and Joseph is they were consistent in their faith. They knew what it was to celebrate the Passover, and they made sure that they did it according to the law and according to custom and according to their love of God and their love for God, and therefore they committed to that every year, just like you do. You, you celebrate Christmas every year. You make sure you get to family that you don't see the rest of the year. You make sure you spend time with them. You celebrate Christmas the way you believe God wants you to celebrate it. You put effort into it. You stay up late wrapping gifts and working and decorating. At least Gail does. <laughs> okay? But I want you to understand that there are ways that we can misplace Jesus. And certainly in our consistency of celebrating the holiday, we find that Mary and Joseph misplaced their son. They were very religious people. If they could lose Jesus in Jerusalem, the holy city, I'm sure you could lose Jesus in Aaron Springs or Lindsay or wherever you live if you're not careful. Think about the place where they lost him. You know, the Bible says there was about 30 years between Herod's death. Remember, he wanted to killed Jesus and they fled to Egypt when he was a boy, young 
child, baby, infant, and they spent time there until Herod passed away, and then they returned back to Nazareth. So about 30 years from that time until Jesus started his ministry at the Jordan River with the baptism that John performed on him. 30 years of life we really know nothing about except this little story right here. The place that they went to in Egypt with the newborn child, do you think they ever let him out of their sight? Do you think they ever took their eyes off of him? They were in enemy territory. They were in a dangerous place. And they had the Christ child in their possession. I would imagine they stood watch over him 24-7. So he was not in peril there. I've been to many funerals. I don't ever remember losing sight of Jesus Christ at a funeral. I don't ever remember losing sight of Jesus Christ at the bedside of someone who's dying. I don't ever remember losing Him in those places. But I do remember times when it was joyful. It was praiseworthy. It was exhilarating. And I would lose sight of Jesus in times like that. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it's better to go to a funeral than it is to go to a party. So it's not the times that we are in a storm that we lose sight of Jesus. It's the times that we're celebrating His birthday with our family. With all the hustle and bustle and shopping and gift wrapping and trash collection and food and frenzy and all of that. That's when we tend to lose sight of Jesus. Where were they when they lost Jesus? They were at the Passover celebration. Celebration. Not an observance, a celebration of God delivering Israel from Egypt, of God delivering us from our sin. They were celebrating this moment. There was praise going on. The temple was bustling with sacrifice and people There was music in the streets and out the windows of every home. The aroma of food and celebration and people talking and all of that happening. It was a place of peace, a place of beauty, a place of rest. And yet, this is where they lost sight of Jesus. Do you get it? You can lose Him anywhere. If they lost Him there... You can lose Him wherever you are as well. You won't lose Him when there's trouble. You won't lose Him when there's problems. That's when you cling to Him. You lose Him when times are good and things are going right. Jerusalem, a safe place. These people were honestly in their religion. They were performing it. They were doing their duty, their love of it for God And this is the place that they happened to lose Jesus. What a way to lose the Lord. It could happen in church. You can be busy about serving, busy about doing, busy about all the religious activity in your life, and you can spiritually drift away from Jesus. And those doubts begin to fly. Those fiery darts of doubt begin to fly and appear in your life. Think of where they were when they lost Him. 
Think of who lost him. All right? Think of who lost Look in verse 40. And the child continued to grow and become strong and increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The Bible tells us that Mary took all the things that the angel said and God had shared with her, and she stored them in her heart, treasured them, the Bible says. You know, there's a famous song. I don't remember who sang it originally, but it was, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would heal and save our sons and daughters? Did you know he would walk on water? Did you know when you kissed the baby, you were kissing the face of God? Let me tell you something. She knew. She knew full well who this was. She took everything that God told her about him, everything, and treasured it in her heart. Don't you think she might have shared a little bit with him as he was growing up? Don't you think she might have told him that he's the King of kings and Lord of lords? Don't you think she might have told him that he would bear the sin of his people? Don't you think that Mary shared these things with her son, wouldn't you? Would you want him to grow up not knowing who he was? Oh, I'm sure he was aware of some things. He was God. But the Bible says he was a child growing and increasing in knowledge, wisdom, and the grace of his father was upon him. Don't tell me Mary did not know. She knew, and yet she took her eyes off of him long enough to lose him. She took her eyes off of him long enough to let him get away. She took her eyes off long enough to not know where he is. Amen? Mary knew. She knew that he was that. You may be raised in a church. You may have grown up your whole life in this church. And you know all the stories and you know about Jesus Christ and you know who He is and what He's done and what He wants to do. But just like Mary, if you take your eyes off just for a moment, you'll misplace Him. And He'll get away from you. Maybe He's done that today in your life. Maybe you're realizing it right now. All this Christmas hustle and bustle and all these things is not what Christmas is. Christmas is simply God coming to save the world. That's what we celebrate. That's what should be celebrated. Mary understood that. Mary knew. Be careful, my friend. If you have fellowship with God and you count Him as your friend, be careful lest you misplace His Son in your life. It's easy to do. Anyone can do it. Mary, there was no one with a closer bond to Jesus Christ, no human figure on this planet closer to that man than her, His mother. Amen? She knew about Him. She loved Him. She cared for Him. Nobody knew Him better than she did. And He got away from her. She misplaced Him. Anybody can do it. Do you all remember a guy named Bob Dylan? 
If you do, you're showing your age a little bit. But for you younger people, Bob Dylan was a, a famous uh, songwriter in the United States, kind of a folk singer. And in 1979, Bob Dylan had an epiphany. He met Jesus Christ, and he became a Christian, and he got his life changed. And he wrote two hymns, not hymns, two albums full of songs about his new life in Christ and, and salvation. And it only took Bob Dylan three years to reject Christ, to turn away from Him. In an interview, he said, Who said I was a Christian? I'm a Muslim. I'm a Jew. I'm a Hindu. I'm a Buddhist. I'm an Islamic. I'm a Christian. I'm all of those. I'm a humanist. Who said I was only a Christian? It took Bob Dylan about four years to lose sight of Jesus Christ and who He is. Some of you have lost Him today. I know all of you here. Some of you perhaps have misplaced Jesus Christ. Jesus told a parable about that. He said there was a sower who went out and sowed seed and some of the seeds fell on the stony soil and it sprung up quickly. He said this represents the people who receive the Word with joy and they express it quickly and honestly and then suddenly the sun baked that plant because it had no roots and it dried up and withered and died. And God said the same for us. If we receive that word with joy and we get excited, then suddenly in no matter of time, we walk away from Jesus Christ. We lose sight of Him. We cannot find Him anymore. If Mary could lose Jesus, you can lose Him too. Think of the place where they were. Jerusalem at the temple. Think of who it was that misplaced Him. We could certainly do the same. Think of the reasons that they misplaced Him. Look in verse 44. Actually, the end of verse 43, and it says, And His parents were unaware of it, but supposed Him to be in the caravan. What happened? They assumed that He was with them. How about you? Do you assume that Jesus is with you? You just take Him for granted that He's there? Because that's what he's supposed to do. Because that's what he is. I, after all, Brother Clay, I had breakfast with him yesterday morning. Wouldn't he be in my life today? Let me tell you something. Yesterday's blessings are a day late for today's blessings. Yesterday's blessings are a day late for today's blessings. Jesus is not predictable. You can't take Him for granted. Alright? A woman, a Gentile woman came to Him and wanted Him to heal her daughter. And here's what Jesus said. It's not proper to take the children's food and feed it to the dogs. You're calling me a dog, Jesus? Yeah, that's what I'm calling you. He called the religious people of that day vipers. Amen? 
He called them vipers. Who would do that? Jesus said, one day I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. That's kind of offensive, is it not? You can't predict what Jesus is going to say and what He's going to do. One day He was teaching, and some people came to Him in the house and said, Hey, your mom and brothers are outside. They want to see you. What did Jesus say? He stopped with a shock sound to His voice, and He said, Who? are my mother and brothers. And then he pointed at the people he was teaching and he said, the one who hears my word and obeys it, these are my mothers and brothers and sisters. Wow, that's kind of shocking that he would talk about his own family outside like that. You can't predict what Jesus is going to do and when he's going to be there. Job said, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God put a thorn in the side of His most faithful follower. And His faithful follower said, Lord, please take it from me. And God said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. You can't predict what Jesus is going to do and say about your life. You can't assume He's always going to be there in you, for you, with you. Oh, I know I'm I'm, I'm speaking facetiously about that. He's always with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. But you assume too much when you assume that He's going to do what you want to do. We go and He follows. Amen? That's how we operate today. I do what I like. I go where I want to go and Jesus follows me. He does not accommodate us. He doesn't do what you want done. When you want it done, you accommodate Him. Don't take Him for granted anymore. Don't assume that He's going to do something because you really don't know if He will or He won't. You might assume He's going to heal you from cancer. He might and He might not. You might assume that He'll fix your heart. He might and He might not. You might assume He'll fix your marriage. He might and He might not. There are all kinds of things that we assume about God that He might do and He might not do. You cannot predict God. Don't take Him for granted. Mary and Joseph assumed that Jesus was going to be a good little boy and get on the bus. And they went a whole day without realizing that He was gone. What's another reason that they lost Him? Well, they were careless, all right? They were careless. You know, it's automatic for a parent to care for its child. That's just given. That's nature. It's automatic for us to do that. I know neglect happens sometimes with some people, but it was not so with Mary and Joseph. They got caught up in the Passover. They got caught up in the celebration. They were probably hurrying to get on the bus, gather up the kids, right? Jesus being the oldest, he's got to be with us somewhere. He's got to be with oh, Aunt Joe and Uncle Bill down there the way or some, somebody. And they gather up and they get on the bus and they head out in the caravan. They got careless about him. Hey, if you neglect the Lord in any way, shape, or form, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to realize you have misplaced him and you don't know where he is. And you can't find him. Amen? Think about that. 
They got careless with the Lord Jesus. Hey, here at Aaron Springs, we've got all these programs. We've got events going on. We've got uh, music happening. We've got teaching. We've got family activities. We've got electronics that are helping us to worship and, and minister in this church. We've got all kinds of ideas and all kinds of future plans. But what about Jesus? Where is He in the mix of all of this stuff that's going on? If we as committees and people and, and teachers and leaders don't sit down and include Him in everything, we're amiss. We've missed the mark. Amen? We can't go any further. You can't do anything apart from Jesus Christ. The same for your life. You make plans. You do religious activity. You come to church. You give your tithe. But if you don't put Jesus in the mix of your life, as the head of your life, you are amiss. And you're missing out. And you'll wake up one day and you'll realize that He's gone and you cannot find Him. Well, what do I do when I can't find Him? I have to go back to the place where I lost Him. Look in verse 46. 45, I'm sorry. And when they did not find Him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for Him. And it came about that after three days... They found him in the temple. Three days they looked for this boy. Now, Mary should have started calculating all the things that she had treasured in her heart. She knew that she had given birth to the Son of God. She knew that he was called the Lamb of God. Lamb of God, Passover, duh, temple. Amen. Lamb of God, Passover celebration, duh. The temple, but they looked everywhere, just like you do when you can't find Him. You look in the world. You look in Bible studies. You look in Sunday school. You look in your religious activities. You look everywhere, up and down and all around, but you can't find Him. You know where they found Jesus? At the temple. What's at the temple? The mercy seat. The altar of forgiveness. That's where Jesus was located. Oh yeah, He was teaching and listening and doing things and everybody was excited. But my point about it is this. At least they were looking for Him. And they finally figured out He must be at the temple next to the mercy seat, next to the altar of forgiveness. That's where you're going to find Jesus. You're not going to find Him in a, in a Sunday school classroom. You might find a way to Him there. You might find a way to Him in the Bible reading, in Bible study. You might find a way to Him in the prayer. But I'm going to tell you where you need to go to find Jesus, and that's in the house of God. And that's at the mercy seat of God, and that's at the altar of forgiveness of God. That's where you'll find Christ. That was His whole idea and His whole point. Listen, if you are not a Christian this morning, you don't need to be seeking Jesus, because you won't find Him. He will find you. That's how the Bible says. No one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws him. So you can't find Jesus on your own if you're not a believer. But if you are a believer, you better seek him diligently every day. Why? Because you already know him. Mary and Joseph already knew Jesus. Therefore, they needed to seek after him and find him. And there they did find him right at the place where they last were with him.
at the temple. He stayed behind at the temple. He was doing what he was supposed to do at the temple. He's not hiding from us here. He's not hiding from anyone in this place. He's easy to be found. He's be, he can be found even today, right now. He says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, I need some of that after Christmas, right? Need some rest. Come to Jesus. Find Jesus again, and He'll give that to you. He'll give you the very thing you're looking for. How can I know that I found Jesus? All right? Look in verse 49. Let's go back up to 48. And when they saw Him, they were astonished. And His mother said to Him, Son, come over here. I'm going to have a word with you. Now, it wasn't recorded like that, but I imagine she was thinking that. Why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? How do I know when I found Jesus after Christmas? Here's the one way you can know. Jesus is a man with a mission. Okay? He came into this world to be the Savior. That's His mission. When you find Him, that will be His mission. He will not be any other reason, any other purpose than to be your Savior and to lead you to the kingdom of God. He's a man with a mission. How do you know you found Him? Because that becomes prominent in your life. Jesus Christ becomes prominent. That's how you know you found Him. And then He gives you the same mission that He had. Go and make disciples. He came to be the Savior. While He was here, He made disciples. And then He ascended back home. And He told those disciples, Now you go and you make disciples. You follow my example. How do you know when you found Jesus Christ? Because you can't get disciple-making out of your mind. You can't get it out of your heart. You can't get it out of your life. It's in front of you 24 hours a day. Make disciples. How do you know when you really found Jesus Christ? Because it becomes your mission in life to make disciples. That's how you know when you've really found Jesus. When you go to these Christmas celebrations that we call them, and you sit across from the family that you know is not saved, and your heart is burning within you to talk about Jesus. To tell them about Jesus. That's how you know you found Him. If you keep your mouth shut, you probably haven't found Him. If you don't say anything at all, you probably haven't found Him. Jesus was a man with a mission. And He gives that to His disciples. What's another way that I know that I have found the Savior? When I find Him, He is conscience of the Father only. You know, he could have said, Mom, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, I, I worried you and Dad. I'm sorry about that. But he didn't say that, did he? He said, didn't you know? Mary, did you know? <laughs> Mama, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Now, wait a minute. You've got a father named Joseph. 
And Jesus said, yes, I do. I'm pulled two ways. I'm pulled to be with my earthly father in his house, but I had to be with my heavenly father in his house. You see that? How do you know when you found Jesus? Because Jesus is about the Father. Another reason that we can know that is because Jesus is obedient to His heavenly Father. He was pulled in two directions, but He went with His heavenly Father. You're pulled in many directions at Christmas. I know you are because every family is. We've got time limits and we've got destination uh, amounts and we've got all kinds of things that have to be done before a certain day and before a certain time. has to be done in a certain way. We all have stress at Christmas time. But the days after Christmas, Jesus picked between family on earth and family in heaven. Guess who he went with? His heavenly Father. Jesus, you'll know you'll find Jesus when your heavenly Father becomes prominent in your life and you choose Him over everything else. I'm not wanting you to neglect anybody. I'm not wanting you to to change your schedules in any way, but here's what I'm saying. You know you found Jesus when your heavenly Father becomes utmost in your life. The most important thing in your life. How do I know that I found Jesus? Well, first, I have to know that I've lost him. I've misplaced him. He got put in the closet with the rest of the stuff. And now it's all settled. And now I take a deep breath and I pray. And guess what? There's nobody there. I've misplaced him. I've forgotten him. I've been careless with him. Right? I've assumed that he's there, but he really wasn't there. I've drifted away from him. He's not moved from me. I've moved from him. And now I need to get him back. Where do I get him back? At the house of God, at the prayer, at the, at the altar of forgiveness, at the mercy seat. That's where I find God. So I come in forgiveness, asking for forgiveness and longing for his fellowship and longing for him to know him. Jesus, I want to end with this in, in John chapter 8, if I may. I had it on the screen, but uh, my slides... I didn't want to cooperate this afternoon. So, John chapter 8, verse 28, Jesus says, Jesus therefore said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. Can you say that? God will not leave you alone if you always do the things that are pleasing to Him. Man, I'm telling you this morning, that's a hard row to hoe. To always do what's pleasing to God. But it's necessary. And it is vital in your life. And if you want to get rid of the feelings of emptiness and being alone, then you need to be obedient and you need to do the things that's always pleasing to your Father. Let's pray. Towards the days after Christmas, what will you do with Jesus? Find Him again. Don't lose Him next Christmas. Find Him again and keep Him. 
and hold Him close and treasure Him in your heart. Be obedient to your Father and you'll never be alone. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word today. And Lord, I know that we all experience this loneliness of not having you, of not feeling you, of not experiencing you. Lord, I know that you care about that because you gave me that message this morning. I believe for all of us here, I believe it was for me. I believe there's times, Father, that we do neglect and get careless and forget you. Forgive us of that, Lord. Help us to keep you first in our life and utmost importance. Help us to make disciples. Help us to be your people. Help, help us to celebrate you correctly. And help us to follow you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen.